you transport the viewer inside Syria through the VR with the headsets. He, he feels he's in Syria, it's a virtual teleportation, and he can see by his own eyes what's it's happening. It's a lot of feelings, but I think the real one is desperation. Like, if you're there, you cannot do anything. You just have to endure the bombing as civilians, and that's what we wanted to, to show. Shamsi Sarkis is the co-founder of Smart News Agency, an organization that started up in 2011 to connect and organize citizen journalists in Syria, enabling them to tell the story of the uprising and show how their lives and neighborhoods were affected in the process. Since then, Smart has grown into a news agency and video studio and has released three virtual reality experiences. The latest, Nobel's Nightmare, was launched on the 15th of June. I'm Katalina Albanu, and I caught up with Sarkis at the Global Editors Network Summit in Vienna on the 16th of June to find out more about the challenges of working with virtual reality in Syria and how using this technology can change storytelling from the area, as well as how the news agency came about and what training the reporters need. Sarkis, who was raised and educated in France, wanted to set up the organization to ensure the story of what is happening in Syria is heard around the world. Since their launch, the reporting has taken many forms. In March 2011, we started helping people getting image out of, of Syria. So we started by providing them with satellite modems and cameras and whatever we could help them from outside. There was a massacre in Syria in 1982 where the media was not present. Nobody talked about the massacre of Hama except in one article in Liberation at that time. So there was like a psychosis in Syria that this can happen again. So everybody wanted to, to provide the media with information and that was the time of social media. In Syria, journalists since 2011 were almost absent from the scene. Very few journalists were able to, to go inside Syria and work freely and independently. So we had to do journalism with Syrians because most of the, the news could not be provided by professional journalists. But these are or were citizen journalists, and they didn't have any credibility. So we had to build up this credibility. So the first idea we had is to do live streaming, because then nobody can, can say that's not true, or, we're not seeing what we're seeing, because you can see it live, and we can prove it's live through direct interaction with the anchor at the TV or whatever. But live streaming has a downside. In 2012, we have streamed a massacre in Homs with tens of, of kids that had been slaughtered. And we streamed these images and TVs took them. Live or a bit later when they, they had to mask the, the faces, etc. This allowed the, the regime to cross the red line and see that even with this type of live images, he can continue massacring. So we decided to stop doing the live streaming because we, had, we were in an ultra-violent context and that was the type of images we were able to get at that time because that was the reality of Syria. So we decided to stop live streaming because we had a drawback. The regime could continue massacring even if it's streamed live on hundreds of TVs in the world. So we decided to go to more developed outlets and do storytelling or professional news. That was what pushed us to create the news agency mainly uh, and the TV production. The VR is a, is a bit different. We were not doing the same mistakes as we did in 2012. 
we are doing VR also for credibility because you let the viewer be the witness inside, you, you transport the viewer inside Syria through the VR with the headsets. He, he feels he's in Syria, it's a virtual teleportation, and he can see by his own eyes what's happening. If you tell him there are neighborhoods that are completely destroyed, he wouldn't believe you. But if you put the headset on his eyes and he can watch them, he can really witness the destruction, as we did in our movie, Nobel's Nightmare. So that's very powerful. And you can add the storytelling. It's not just raw images. While 360-degree video enables the reporters to show the scene all around them and the full scale of the destruction in the area, they can still choose which scenes make the final cut, a decision they couldn't take when live-streaming. The latest virtual reality film aims to show how civilian areas in Syria have suffered and been destroyed in the war. It also follows the activity of the White Helmets, a group of civilians who volunteered to help in the aftermath of airstrikes and who have been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Sarkis says that to get the full experience, viewers need to watch the film with a headset as opposed to on desktop or using just a smartphone. The real experience is with the gear, because there you're in immersion. You are the camera. You can turn around yourself, turn around and look all, all around. And this is uh, really impressing. You are really transported inside Syria and you can really look at the details. Each viewer has its own uh, scenario, watching with himself. And I think what you feel when you watch the movie is desperation. You see the destruction in, in a huge manner. You see how people are like zombies. They cannot even react to the destruction. They know their families under under the stones, uh, and they cannot do anything. They don't have the means to extract them. There is the civil defense there trying to extract them, and we describe it very, or we show it uh, very well in the movie. So you can really feel the desperation of the people. You can feel the difficulties of life. Uh, you can see the city, how it is destroyed when the car, the truck of the civil defense, the Syrian white helmets, is passing through the city. You can feel the stress of the second attack. So it's a lot of feelings, but I think the real one is desperation. Like, if you're there, you cannot do anything. You just have to endure the bombing as civilians, and that's what we wanted to, to show. On a mobile phone or a PC, the, the feeling is, is much weaker, of course. Uh, you're not the subject of the movie. You're not inside the movie. You see it from outside, and it looks more like a classical video that you can, you know, you can just choose your angle, and that's all. But creating virtual reality experiences from Syria has particular logistical challenges, from getting the cameras into the country to trying to get the footage out. Sarkis's team has given up on trying to share the videos among each other via the internet, for example. The technology is not very advanced yet for creating VR. We had to use six cameras, uh, which is a, a problem in Syria. Uh, people don't like one camera, so having a gear with six, six cameras can frighten them. You have people with weapons everywhere. They can be stressed by the cameras. So that's one of the difficulties. The, the other difficulty is crossing the borders in Syria. To get the, the camera inside Syria is a problem. Getting the images out of Syria on a hard drive or through internet is also a problem. Filming in 4K with six cameras. So that was also, we had to adapt the way we work 
Instead of sending the images day by day, we had to ask the reporters to save everything on a hard drive and get the images after one or two months of work without knowing what we will get. So you cannot build up a scenario or script. You just give guidelines, instructions, and then you have the surprise to get what you get, and you cannot ask to, to film again because it, it will delay too much the production. Another challenge has been training the journalists in Syria to work with the format. At first, they weren't able to watch any 360-degree video projects at all, so they couldn't picture the format they were working towards. So they have been trained the last four years on how to film, how to do news. We have a ongoing training, remote training on Skype for the last four years with our reporters, and filming is one of their favorite activities, actually, more than writing a, a newswire or, or something like this. So they were very excited to work with new gears and 360-degree uh, cameras. They love doing that. There was another difficulty is that they never... They started working very early with these technologies before they were able to see any production in 360. Uh, so they were working in, in a blind manner. They were filming without knowing what kind of result that would give. Uh, that was another difficulty because they not always understood the difficulties or the specificities of using or, or filming in 360 degrees. Uh, sometimes they forget that they are filming all around the camera. One of the aims of Sarkis's team is to experiment with the technology and see its potential for storytelling from Syria and other conflict zones. Nobel's nightmare is smart third virtual reality experience and the organization has another two videos planned for the future. So we have done three types for now of movies. The first one was a journalistic report, very journalistic as, as a report that would, you would do for a news channel, but in VR. It was called the Battle for Northern Syria. That was last year. It was a report about how the rebels took the city of Jusashur in the north and what happened with this city after they liberated it from the regime. The second report was a movie that we made for UNESCO, for the International Day for Press Freedom. So it was a movie about the difficulties and risk of doing journalism inside Syria. So it was an advocacy movie, on demand. The third movie is Nobel's uh, Nightmare, which I like to call a reality drama. So this is a bit different. It's, it's more like storytelling with VR and we have other projects. We have a project for uh, doing a docudrama in Syria using VR and fifth one which will be more like an art movie about childhood in Syria. So we're testing what can be done with VR in Syria.